Happy New Year, Cedar hey, Valley. Hey, Happy New Year. Oh, welcome to 2021. Woo! Yeah, that's a new year. We are really excited. My name is Grant, one of the pastors here, believe it or not. Um, new hair, new year, new me. New, new year, year, new you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm here to welcome you to the service this morning. I'm joined by Allison. Hi, guys. And yeah, we're just going to get it kicked off. We're really excited. And uh, we're just glad that you have chosen to spend, you know, your, this is holiday time. It's uh, early morning on Sunday, but we're just glad to join together online in these kind of ways. Yeah, and if it's your first time here, special welcome to you. Like, we're so happy that you are here with us. We'd love to get to know you better. You can help us out by doing that. Uh, drop us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca. Or you can even just drop a comment here. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the best ways to stay connected with us throughout the weeks, especially online, is by following us on our Instagram page, Facebook, subscribing to our YouTube channel, stuff like that, or just heading over to our website, cedarvalley.ca, and signing up for our weekly email newsletter. Yeah. And in a moment of serious, even with all of this party business going on, <laughs> um, we just really wanted to take a moment to thank everyone for support and encouragement. It's been a pretty wild ride of a year in the past, yeah. last year. Um, but we really think that we have um, just been able to excel as a church ministry inwardly and outwardly. And um, a lot of that is a big, huge shout out to our staff, to our pastoral staff here at Cedar Valley. So way to go. Oh, well, thank you. But and, you know, a huge shout out to you and, and all of you watching because we've been really blessed by the support and encouragement that we've been mm. getting. And, and not even just financial support, we've been getting prayer like crazy and a lot of just words and comments of encouragement constantly. So thank you it is what drives us, it keeps us going, gives us affirmation that we're moving in the right directions. Everything simple of like, we love that message, Pastor Rob or Doug, what a great way to speak into our lives. Mm -hmm. Great music, worship team, like those kind of things. And you guys have been vocal about it. So thank you so much for that. And it's just driving us. So we're excited, it is good energy and life for us. So this is a team community here, it's a village. Thank you so much for it, Cedar Valley. Yeah. And uh, you know what, before we head into the rest of this morning, we're just gonna open up with a word of prayer. I feel like I should probably almost take this yeah. goofy thing <laughs> off for us. All right, pray with me, Cedar Valley. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for, God, just transcending what we think is a model that we are used to worshiping you with, God. Last year, you showed us that no tradition can contain you, God. No system that we create can contain you. And yet you're still present in our lives. And we thank you so much for that. As we look back in the past, I just pray that we can bring all the things that we've learned, that we've grown through God, the stuff that's been difficult, that's pushed us, that we grow stronger as individuals following you, God, as servants, as evangelists, that we have this excitement that we can bring to our friends and our neighbors and our families' lives. And God, that we are able to just follow you as a community, as a church stronger this year. Mm -hmm. So we just pray a blessing on that for what's been given faithfully to the work and ministry of Cedar Valley, that you multiply that. God, and continue giving us vision for how to live out your kingdom work here in mission. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get this service started. Uh, we're going to have a time of singing, so there's going to be lyrics on the screen that you can follow along to, and the team has recorded some songs that you can sing along to or just listen while you're there at home. Yeah, and after that, we have a special lesson just for the kids, so stick around for that. Mm -hmm. And then this morning, we're also um, really excited to get an update from Liz and Juan Carlos um, at Light of the World Christian School coming to us from Guatemala. Mm. Yeah, international, across the world. Mm -hmm. And before we head into all of that, uh, if you're watching live, head over to the comment section, Facebook or YouTube. And it's it's a new year, right? New Year's resolutions is kind of one of the big hot button topics that's going on. Are, are you a New Year's resolution kind of person? No, like uh, I'm so bad at them, I think about setting them just, and then I don't even set them. So I've stopped trying. <laughs> 
sometimes there's almost wisdom in that, right? You don't have anything to <laughs> fail at. But you know, in all fairness too, like I, I like making the goal for it. I don't think I've actually achieved any of them. Some of my favorite mm. ones have been like one year I was gonna learn French. Didn't happen. I, I know a few. I can order pizza, I think, maybe. But did you learn that in high school though? Does that even count? <laughs> yeah, I just stretched over. <laughs> I also tried going water skiing every single month of the year until it got cold in September and I stopped. But yeah. we're, we're getting there. Um, but here's a question for you, and you can answer this on the threads. Are you a New Year's resolution kind of person? And maybe you want to share, what is your New Year's resolution this year? Or if not, what's one of the best ones from the past that you've set, maybe achieved, or maybe fumbled out a little bit? But we're in for a great morning, Cedar Valley. Start off with some chatter and we will continue on with the service.
In Christ alone my hope is found He is my light, my strength, my song This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are still, when striving cease My comforter, my all in all Here in the love of Christ I stand
Hey Cedar Valley kids, it is great to be with you again today. Now you probably already noticed that I'm holding something here that I usually don't get to hold. And it is an incredible big real knight's sword and it is pretty cool. And the reason I have this is I want to tell you a story, it's a true story, and it's from the Bible in the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. Now, there was a king and his name was Ben-Hadad, and he wasn't very nice at all, and he may have had a sword, something like this, I'm not sure, but they had stuff like this back then. Anyways, he didn't like the people who lived in Israel at all. And what he would do is he would form his army up and they would go and they would attack the towns of Israel. But it happened that every time they would come riding over the hill to attack the town, all of a sudden the whole army of Israel would be all lined up saying, you're not getting this town, and they would stop him. And Ben-Hadad's army would have to turn around and head back to home. And it happened a lot, so finally, Ben-Hadad, he called all of his generals together in a room. And maybe he grabbed his sword, but it says in the Bible that he was angry. And he said, which one of you, and maybe he held his sword right up to them, which one of you is telling my secrets? Who is going to Israel and telling them we're going to come and attack? And I think he pointed his sword at one of his generals, and then maybe over at the other one, he goes, is it you? And I think they were quivering and shaking and they didn't know what to do because they weren't telling their king's secrets to warn Israel. But then somebody says, it's not us, it's not us. He says, they have a prophet. His name is Elisha. And God tells him exactly what we're going to do. So when we make a plan to go attack their city, Elisha tells the king, is, oh, here comes Ben-Hadad and his army, better get ready, and so they're all ready for us. And then the king goes, well, then you know what we need to do? We need to get Elisha. That'll solve our problems. So somebody said, oh, I know where he is, I know where he is. He's in the town of Dothan. So the king says, okay, we're gonna go out there early in the morning and we're gonna raid that town. We're gonna find Elisha and our problems will be solved. So. They had a raiding party and they came up over the hill early in the morning and then Elisha's servant, his helper, he walked out early in the morning, he opened the door and all of a sudden he saw this army around there and he got scared, he turned around, he ran back in. He said, Elisha, Elisha, there's an army here to come and capture you. Well, Elisha says, don't worry about that. I want you to turn around, I want you to go back out and look and see what's out there. So. His helper opened the door just a little bit and he looked out on the hillside. Well, sure enough, the army of Ben-Hadad was there, but they were behind them. There was God's army, it says, of angels and horsemen and chariots of fire surrounding them. And Elisha says, God's going to protect us. Well, these guys came down off the hill and they said, we're looking for Elisha. Where is he? And then Elisha prayed, God. He says, we need to teach this Ben-Hadad a lesson. And he says, God, would you make all of these guys from the army, our enemies, would you make them blind? And as they came down the hill, all of a sudden, the army couldn't see. 
And Elisha, he goes, well, I'm going to play a trick on these guys. He walked right up into the middle of this army. And he goes, hey, what are you doing here? And they said, we want Elisha. We want to take him back. And he goes, ah, oh, too bad. Elisha's not here. Sorry, you just missed him. He's over in the city of Samaria. And they go, oh, oh okay, okay. And he says, well, how are we going to get there? And I says, well, don't. Elisha says, don't worry. I will take you there. So he had the whole army of King Ben-Hadad line up. They were all blind. They couldn't see. And he says, follow me. Now, I don't know how they all got there, but remember maybe when you were in preschool or kindergarten and you went from where your school was, maybe to the playground or to the park or maybe somewhere else, and you all walked in a line and you held on to a little rope. Maybe it was like that. And they followed Elisha all the way to Samaria. And Samaria was a big city with a huge wall all the way around with big doors for gates. And he had them open the gates and he walked the whole army right inside Samaria. And then once they were inside, the great big city gates, boom, crashed and closed with a bang. And then he said, God, would you open their eyes? And the eyes of the army of King Ben-Hanad opened up and they looked around and they were all captured. They were inside Samaria. And then the king of Israel said, hey, way to go, Elisha. Now we're going to get them. And Elisha said, no, we're not going to fight them. We're not going to get them. He says, I want you to make them something to eat. And the king of Israel goes, what? He goes, yes, we're going to treat them nice. I want you to make a feast for them. So he goes, okay, I will. And so what they did is they made this huge feast and all of their enemies, all the warriors, they sat them down and they gave them lots of food and drink and had a party. And they said, we just wanted to be nice to you guys, even though you weren't very nice to us. And do you know what happened? After that, it says right in the Bible, in the book of 2 Kings, it says, 2 Kings 6 verse 23, so the king made a feast for them and then he sent them home to their king and after that, Ben-Hadad's raiders and warriors stayed away from the land of Israel. Wow, what an incredible story. You know, when we're nice to people who maybe aren't nice to us, it can really change things. And God can work through you when you say, you know what, even though you haven't been very nice to me, I'm still going to be nice. And God will use that to work in their hearts. That's how cool God is. So, thanks for listening to the story so well, and we will see you next week. Hey, Cedar Valley. Uh, this morning, we are continuing on in what we've been doing for the past few months, uh, doing some updates about our international ministry partnerships around the world. We've heard from uh, Pamela Hoogie with her work uh, out across the country in the Middle East. We've heard from Seeds of Hope with uh, John and Sue Chalkis in Zambia and their expansions all around the world. And this one we're really excited for because we are here joined with Liz and Juan Carlos. On the big screen there, you can see it. Uh, they are joining me from Guatemala and through the magic of the internet and all that ex exciting stuff. But we are able to actually have a little joint conversation here. We're excited to just give you an update about what's going on for them, how this past year has been, because it's been 
over a year since we have seen them physically in our church, but here's a chance that we get to just hear from them, their needs, what's going on, what's going well, how we can pray for them and how we can partner with them. So welcome here. We're really excited to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thank We're glad you. to be here. Thank you. Excellent. So the, the first thing I think, um, I know there's a number of people who will be watching this who uh, know about Light of the World at uh, school. They've been, I, I mean, I know there's a number of people on our church who are on the board as well, who are regularly partners with you and update and help you run all this. But a number of us actually don't know very much about what it, what is it? So what is Light of the World? Well, first of all, I just want to say hello to everyone. And um, we're sorry we couldn't visit this year, but we hope to be able to visit in person next year. And we just want to thank you for your prayers for our ministry here in Guatemala. Uh, it's been a blessing to us to have your partnership in the ministry here. And uh, we just want to explain a little bit about what is Light of the World Ministry. Um, about 10 years ago in 2011, we started a nonprofit called Lighthouse Association. And the school is Light of the World School is run through that. We also partner with uh, Christian Education Ministries International in Canada. And uh, we began the school with 26 students um, 10 years ago. And next year in 2021, we're gonna have 170 students. Wow. And, yeah, and praise God. And uh, we have about 25 um, staff members as well. So um, the school has been growing. We started a church five, five years ago and uh, we have about 70 members in the church so god has been so good to us over these past 10 years yeah 10 years that is an exciting story that's that's massive growth that you're seeing every year hey yes, yes. Oh, wow. amazing what, what was the first thing that called you to want to head out and do this well we um i'm a teacher and um i always had a heart for the children of guatemala my husband did as well we knew that god had called us to full-time ministry and uh, we felt his calling to start a school. We had been working in another school and we just saw the need for a, a, a great Christian education um, experience for the children. Most of the children in Guatemala don't have access to, to a great education and uh, the, the education system here is just very poor. And so um, we just felt that God wanted us to, to start a school where not only can the kids receive a great education, but they can be discipled and they can come to know the Lord in a personal way. And we can also impact their families and reach out to their families and the communities around us. Yeah, we, we often say that um, this was placing God's hearts, God's heart first, and then it was placed into our hearts or was born in God's heart, of course. Right. Um, um, because even when we were dating, you know, we were thinking about our school and we were just a a couple of kids that knew nothing. <laughs> so, uh, but that's how it was born into our hearts too, because the Lord placed it there. So. Mm -hmm. And it's a great opportunity, you know, it's a great opportunity to disciple kids. The best way to do it now, it can be in a classroom, which for now we're limited with that. But Right. Well, yeah, so you had a, the school sounds really cool. And then you wanted to do a church as well because you probably weren't busy enough, eh? <laughs> But yeah, that, we, yeah sorry. but that was part of the vision in the beginning. We knew when we started ministering to the kids, we were going to start or we were going to have the need of a church, you know? Well, because the families as well, the adults and everyone connected to that, right? That's, that's a cool way to bring discipleship and faith into people's lives. Yes. What's the connection with uh, Cedar Valley Church? Well, uh, my family and I attended Cedar Valley 
church um, years ago in, in the late 90s. And um, my parents uh, came down to Guatemala in 2000, and I came down with them. And um, they started a ministry here, and Juan Carlos and I worked alongside of them for years. Um, and then God also called us to, to step out and start our own ministry, and my parents also supported us in that. So... Mm -hmm. That's good. I'm glad that it wasn't just uh, you had this great idea and you kind of left off. It, it's something that it, as a church, we've been able to continue supporting you and, and sometimes in highs and lows, different ways. Right. I, I, I know a huge effort of ours is we're really taking a look at what are some of these partnerships that we're really proud of and we want to be holistically as a church continuing to support them and you know I'll throw this out too to Cedar Valley. We've now heard this is going to be our third organization that we've seen like had some huge roots started in the congregation had to go out far away you could easily see that as something that became detached but actually that is what the church is that is mission work that is evangelism it's just going and not all of us are going to go to guatemala or zambia or thailand but we can support financially and prayerfully and with that i thought i've always had is it's inspiring to hear people who've traveled internationally for work like this but it seems like did you feel super prepared when you had that idea to start a school in Guatemala? No, no, it was it was scary. We didn't really know uh, what we were getting into, but we did we did know that God was calling us, and we had to take that first step of faith, even though we didn't know how how to do it or what we were doing. But God has uh, been with us every step of the way and provided for all of the needs of the ministry, even even the ones that we don't even know that we need. He's always been there, and and this year um, it's been great to see him him working, even though it's been an interesting year with um, COVID and everything, we've had to make a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. But uh, one one thing that has really um, been impressed in my heart this year is that God is still working in the midst of all the chaos and all the things that we don't understand. Uh, we can see he's still working and he's still ministering to the hearts of our families and to their lives. And and many times in, in the darkest times is when the light shines the brightest. And so we're, we're so happy that we can be a little bit of a part of that in the lives of the families in Guatemala to share God's love and light with them. Cool. Do you have, yeah, COVID, COVID has been a global pandemic that's affected every country on the planet we've seen through the news and stuff like that. Do you have any stories? Cause that's really exciting to, you know, when you say that you didn't feel equipped, but God equipped you, God provided for you. Do you have any stories, especially from this past year that you've seen God really just step up and bring something that you wouldn't be able to do on your own? Yeah, we have a lot of stories, um, just amazing thing, the things that God's been doing. Um, one of them is, is the fact that um, we had all these plans to start with the building project this year. We're going to be building a school. We, um, God provided land for us last year. We're, we're very grateful for that. But of course, uh, with COVID, a lot of things were put on the back burner with that. And, and even with the government regulations and stuff, we weren't able to do everything we wanted to this year. But uh, through all that, God's provided um, an amazing organization in the States called um, Architect Ministries International, and, and they're helping us um, in the States um, write up, draw up the plans for the, the building and um, to work with us, and they're not charging us anything. So it's wow. been amazing to work with them, and they've been a blessing to us. And then, of course, with our families here, um, many of them don't have work. They've been out of work for many, many months since March. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, as, as you know, probably that in third world countries, when people don't have work, even for a day, they don't have food. And so it's been a 
uh, it's been very difficult for us to see the family suffer, but uh, people have been sending in um, support and money so that we can buy food and we can deliver food to all the, all the families in the school. We've been able to um, also purchase shoes for all the kids. And so on uh, many other things that we've been able to do to help these families during this difficult time. Yeah, it's that is tough when you don't have like a savings account, right? And uh, I mean, it's affected jobs and the economy all over the place, but you see it more real in a place where you don't have credit lines and resources and, you know, a strong house and everything like we might experience here. It, it's immediate, I imagine, in Guatemala and the effects. So praise God about the, uh, the building, that architect organization. That's really cool to hear because uh, that can be a stumbling expense when you have the money to do the building and you can't even start it because of all the needs, right? Wow, what's this building about? Um, uh, maybe give us a bit of an insight of what it's gonna be accomplishing for you guys. Currently, uh, we've been renting a, a house, <laughs> a house and we've been um, just adding classrooms as every year we add a new class. So we've been adding classrooms and God's provided the space for us to do that. But uh, we really feel we've had the need to build our own building so that we have larger classrooms and we have our own space. And so uh, we're hoping next year, God willing, that we're going to be able to begin the building um, and, and the multi-purpose room where the church will be meeting, but also it will be used for, for um, worship services with the children that we have every morning. And um, it's a big project, but I know we know that God's in it and he's providing for it. So it's exciting to see what's going to happen in the next few years with that. Fantastic. Well, especially with, you said, 170 students next year. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's grown, I'm sure, since the uh, renting a house and then adding some classroom pieces. Yes, we've had a lot of limitations, so we're excited to have our own building. About the church, too, what, what, what does that look like for um, working with the school, with the community? Uh, uh, yeah, how, did, how is that going right now with COVID, with the building renting, stuff like that? Well, it's, it's, it's been a challenge because, uh, of course, we, we've been having services online, but um, a lot of our families don't even have good internet that oh, sometimes no. we give for granted, you know, and or take for granted. And um, so sometimes they watch the videos live and sometimes they just wait until they have a good signal or they have internet to, to watch the services. So... It's a little hard. It's a little hard to reach people that way, and with the church, and of course with the schools being a challenge in that way too. So uh, we try to keep connected with them, but again, it's a challenge. A lot of them um, don't even have a phone or a cell phone, and, and it's very difficult. Wow. But we try to to help, and of course, in the last months, I've been. Uh, uh, sick, so I, I I haven't been providing a lot of material, but I have two guys that that been preaching and helping me with that because um, I'm not 100% yet. So um, so that that's what's been happening, and and we try to fulfill some needs like through the church. You know, they contact us and say, well, we don't have food for today, so we make sure that they they get what they need, and and you know, so. We, we did that a lot too. So mm -hmm. a lot of what we usually do has been just like everyone else. It's just been hard to accomplish uh, because, you know, because COVID. And, but uh, we're still trusting that God is going to do something amazing after this too. And he's still touching lives. And like Elizabeth said, he's still at work. 
and he's still on, in control of the situation. So, well, you know, we we sympathize with you for that too. We've been online since March as well. Uh, it's exhausting, you know, for pastors, for workers in church and school too. I think their teachers, uh, hospitals would be another big one. But it, it is it is a burden. It's hard because what you're used to, the kind of connections you're used to, there is a virus out there that is affecting people. Jobs are out there, and you can't do nearly as much. And that's a you know a thing to that we're thankful for, for the equipment, the technology that we can kind of assume that people have internet access, but when you don't even have that, it sounds like you're really boiling down to a, an essential community kind of hub, hey? Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, we're grateful for, for the technology too, but the church really is, it's the community. We are the church. Yes. It's really hard not to meet with yeah. the church and have that communion and, you know, so mm-hmm. this is not, uh, God didn't intend it to do it through a, computer you know even though that's what we've been have, having to do but. right yeah the church is not the tools we use right and i think maybe that's the one positive out of this is we're removing ourselves from having built up a church that is just defined by the systems the traditions and the tools that we use and now actually we're seeing that actually we we're still going to need some of them but that's not it that's not the point so well and you know i know we've been hearing some of those updates we've been praying for you as a church but uh how specifically, uh, Liz and Juan Carlos, can we pray for you and support for you? I, I know your health, Juan Carlos, that's something that's been on our hearts, our minds, that at, in this season too, that's the worst time to have to be battling, yeah, uh, low energy, health complex issues, stuff like that. And yeah, h- how can we as a church, Cedar Valley, provide and support you guys right now? Well, uh... Thank you for your prayers. You know, I, I honestly been needing them the most. It's been the hardest time in my life and, and the hardest time for my family too. Um, but we know God is being with us. And so uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm dealing with something called myopathy. Okay. And I still in the process, I have a lot of pain, especially in my left side and my chest and my arm and, and um, I, I talked to a neurologist and she said I shouldn't be hospitalized in August. Oh no. But because we didn't know and the doctors here, again, they, they didn't care or they didn't know or they just said it was all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I had that, that problem and, and we believe now because it was too long, it's getting complicated too. So, um, I still have a round of tests to do, 15 more tests. I've been doing like, I don't know now, like 60 some uh, blood tests. And I have 16 more to do in January uh, because they don't know yet what caused it. And they believe that it will, if it happens again, it can really uh, damage my kidneys and they can even collapse. Wow. So that's one of the things that, that you guys can please keep praying for me that but they finally find what caused this myopathy. Absolutely. Also prayer, I, I need you guys to pray for my wife because she, she saw me close to dying and we, without being able to do much for me. And um, that, that is not easy. So please pray for her and for the health of my children, especially mentally health, you know, being locked in for months. It's not healthy for anyone. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's scary. And and for you too, Liz, feeling helpless in that because 
That's, yeah, that's heartbreaking. And to be holding a ministry as well in Guatemala. Uh, I, I believe, I, I know I've been told by Pastor Doug too, do you have uh, sponsorship stuff available? I, I mean, it'd be one thing right now if we could say like, yeah, we could send a team, we could help out, but we can't travel. But do you have uh, like sponsorship sort of opportunities that we can use to help the students coming into school next year even and continue the financial needs that go along with the prayer? Yes, yes. Um, we have new students coming in, so we need new sponsors for next year. And we're grateful for the people that are sponsoring KISS. Thank you for that. And um, we have a, the website is um, www.cemicanada.ca. And so you can find all the information on the website and how to donate either to sponsor a kid or to the general fund for the school to help us out. Well, I, I'm going to put both of you on the spot just for a little bit. I wonder if you could share a piece of advice for us that you've learned in your your call to mission work of starting a school and a church running that, uh, I was going to say overseas, but it's just over a lot of land. Um, but do you have any advice of what you've learned from kind of following that path of discipleship that we could apply to our lives here in mission? Um, you know, we're not all going to be able to travel the world, but how can we live out that kind of mission work in our own neighborhoods, communities? And actually, you have a heavy education focus. How can we live that out with maybe our education system almost here or teaching our kids or working alongside schools? Well, <laughs> there's, there's so much that we've learned over, over the years and we're still learning new things every day. Um, the main thing is just to be sensitive to, to the Lord's voice and his leading in your life. And, um, when God says to do something then you need to take a step forward, even when the resources aren't there and it looks impossible, a lot of times he waits for you to take that first step and then, and then he comes and provides what you need. And so a lot of times um, in the last 10 years, it hasn't really made sense what we're doing. And a lot of people um, look at us like we're crazy, but a lot of times following the Lord can look like that because his ways aren't our ways and, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so, um, the main thing is just to take it one step at a time, following him in obedience and, and then uh, just to see uh, just how he works in amazing ways. And, and it's incredible to see that, how he's come alongside of us and he's done uh, miracles that we can't even imagine them. We had no idea that the school would grow to this size and, and we'd have so many staff workers working for us and, and just... Um, to see how many families have been impacted in the communities around us has been incredible. Yeah, for sure. Just remember that one, obedience is what God wants from us. So obedience is the same than trust. It's the same of uh, worship him, you know? He, he, he wants to, us to be obedient. So when God calls, we, we better answer. I mean, and, <laughs> and that's what we, we've learned, obedience, and, and, and we learned this from somebody else, but, you know, obedience equals blessing. Obe obedience is very important when you want to follow Jesus. Obedience is the same than trust. So when the Lord calls you to do something, you need to trust that he's going to um, help you. He's going to give you what you need. He's going to equip you, you know, mm -hmm. um, because um, many times you might feel that you are not good enough for, the, for that job. But if God is giving it to you, it's because he trusts you to accomplish it too, with his help. Mm -hmm. And one thing, sorry, I no, talk too much. <laughs> no, no. Even though I'm sick, I still talk too much. <laughs> no, no, we're here, to, we're here to hear from you. So this is perfect. But one thing that I've been learning in the last months is also 
first of all, to find your identity in Jesus Christ and not in what you do. Because at some point you do too much, you want to do too much with the Lord that you kind of lose your identity and you put it in, in the ministry you are working on. But you forget uh, to, to who sometimes you are doing the job for or you, you, you don't spend time with the Lord or you think what you do is who you are, but you need to find your, your identity in Jesus. Well, thank you for that. And, and you know, I really also like to, um, Liz, I think you mentioned that idea and really want Carlos you explore that too, that idea of obedience. And often that means that God might give you a call and you might think there's no way I have nearly the resources or skills or training yet to kind of take that first step. And I think, you know, God's maybe testing, we'll even use that word, but not even necessarily testing, but wanting to see if we have that willingness, that obedience, if we're worth the project almost, right? But I, I like that, taking a step first and experiencing the blessing coming after that. Well, I, I want to just definitely make sure, is there anything that you have on your hearts that you want to share with us that we're missing um, out of this interview? We're just grateful again for uh, you guys caring enough and giving this time to us. You know, sometimes we we might experience loneliness, especially during this time, because, you know, it's been different. But every time we get an email, a message of, uh, from from you, from, from the sponsors, it just encourages and, and just lets us know that we're not alone, even though we know God is with us, but, you know, uh, it's just very important and very encouraging. And you still want that personal connection too. Yeah, right? It's Yes, for sure. So we're very grateful for that. And, and <laughs> we, we thank you for making time to, to do this interview, you know, and, and to help us do it. And, and Absolutely. Well, and, you know, we hope to do more. And, and the big thing, I, I think if I almost could summarize the big things I've heard you say that we could do as a church, Cedar Valley, helping is... Uh, we, there's school sponsorships uh, coming up uh, as new students continue coming in, stuff like that, to just help the whole thing. This building project is going to, it sounds amazing that so many things are moving forward, but there's going to be some financial need continuing with that going forward. Uh, I like that too. So the first one is the sponsorship. Second is uh, communicating with you. I, I think that's a big one. So for all of you who are sponsoring or, or whatnot, uh, communicating with you guys as you can. Clearly Zoom works, the internet is working for them. So that's an opportunity emails, uh, I think that kind of connection will be very powerful to keep you feeling like you are part of our community, that you aren't alone, that we are here for you. And the last one is prayer. And uh, that's a powerful thing. And you know, that's where we'll start. That's where we'll end. Uh, so let's just pray as we end this interview off. And join me in that Cedar Valley too. And we'll continue this going forward. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this chance to do to, to do an interview, to hear an update from Liz and Juan Carlos God, they have this pastoral heart to just go and travel and teach and bring good education, God, but bring your education uh, to do things a different way in your way. Uh, the biggest thing that is what we want to lift up right now is Juan Carlos's health. And God, we believe that you are the great healer, that you perform miracles. God, that you know what's going on more than any doctors in no matter what country it is. So we just pray that you perform healing in his body. We don't know what is the cause, God. We thank you that there is some progress in diagnosing myopathy, uh, but there's fear there. We don't want any more issues of that rising up, God. We ask for you to intervene, God. We ask for you to heal 
Juan Carlos, and, and to also provide strength and energy and healing for Liz as she watches her husband go through all of this. God is difficult feeling powerless in that. And we know that you are with us, God. We know that you care for us and that you hold us. But the physical experience that we have here on earth when we're going through these kind of things, especially health crisis, is terrifying, draining, crushing. So God, we, we just pray at Cedar Valley, God, that you bless and heal and lift up Liz and Juan Carlos and Light of the World Ministry in Guatemala. We pray all these things in your name, amen. Well, we're gonna close this interview off Cedar Valley. Thank you for joining us this morning. And like we said, get in touch with them. Head over to their website, that's cemi.com. Canada.ca. .ca, okay, I'll say that one again. That's cemi.ca. You can find out about more about the ministry. You can find out ways of sponsorship and get in touch with them too. And uh, yeah, been a good interview. Thank you for doing this.